Hello, everyone. Welcome to the One Flesh Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The One Flesh Podcast is all about marriage, the essential union between man and woman. Uh, my goal is to help young men find a girlfriend and build a marriage worth having. I do that alongside the Sunday series of the Purpose Podcast, where I try to help young men uh, find and fulfill their purpose. Uh, today, I've got a little solo episode. Um, got a few different uh, intros. This might be a a decently long episode. Um, I've actually got a, a topic that I did take some notes on and that I've thought about quite a bit. It's not just going to be thrown together. We're not going to be going through Jocko today. Um, and I'm pretty excited to talk about it. It's a spicy topic, so uh, y'all should enjoy it. <laughs> um, first of all, uh, if y'all have been following the Sunday series of the Purpose Podcast, uh, this most recent Sunday, I recorded an episode about my weight loss, which I've talked about a little bit on here, especially with some guests. Um, but I've never done like a full episode on it. And uh, let me tell you, I was absolutely shocked by the reception that it got on Instagram. And you may go back and look at it. I don't even know how many likes it got. It really, like as far as Instagram goes, it, not just a whole lot. Um, but it got way more than what I was thinking it did. And it got a lot more interaction what I was thinking and I cannot tell y'all how grateful um I am for that. I've never really um posted progress pictures ever. I've sent them to my buddies on like Snapchat or text message uh you know people that keep me accountable. But I've never really posted them. And so I did that for the um weight loss challenge. I figured, you know, if you're going to do something about weight loss, you might as well put up or shut up. So I put up and uh I'm very self-conscious about especially the uh, the the before photos just because it's rather embarrassing that I ever got that large. But um, I didn't even do the first ever before photos that I took. Uh, it wasn't even those. Um, those were just awful. I <laughs> refused to post those. Um, the before and after I actually posted was a little bit of a, uh, um, I had already lost some weight by that time. Not much, maybe like 15 pounds or something. Um, but it was a, uh, I was really not expecting many people to like see it. I don't know. I don't know why, but maybe because my Instagram interaction is so low. So I don't, I don't look at the numbers on the podcast. I, I don't, um, I don't look at downloads. I don't look at listens. I don't look at anything. Um, it's not worth it to me. I do this for different reasons. Um, not, not so that people will listen to it. I do listen. I do it so that people will listen to it. Um, but I'm not driven by interaction, especially with the episodes. But I do see my Instagram interaction just because I do. And uh, I don't. for some reason, I was like, nobody will see this. It'll just be the cover photo for the episode. Maybe like two or three people will listen to this. I'll post it for posterity. Maybe a couple more will because they're interested in weight loss. And holy crap, the people that, not only the people that saw it, but the people that liked it um, was not expecting in a million years. And then you start getting thoughts. Like when you post something like that, especially when you're talking, um, and you're saying things that just kind of come to mind and it's not quite as prepared. You start thinking about all the things you're like, Oh no, that person from high school that I haven't spoken to in five years. Uh, what if they listen to that? Did I say anything wrong? Or, uh, when there's a possibility that like 20 people listen to it or something you're like, I hope I didn't say anything that was kind of dumb, you know? Um, but I was very overwhelmed, uh, and very grateful for the response. It made me feel very good, uh, about the post it made me know that, that people are actually watching me. And maybe they don't like my stuff all the time, but uh, at the very least, they're seeing it. And like I said, just very grateful for that. 
that response. I really wasn't expecting it. Like I, I, I don't post progress pictures too, because I think it's like, I've, I've said this on the podcast a couple of times before, but I think it's very, um, I I'm, I'm average. Like if you look at me in the mirror right now, my body is incredibly average. Now the work that was put into lose a hundred pounds is not average. It was above average work, but, um, it was also very below average habits that got me to that. So I think it kind of evens out. Um, I just, I don't think it's not for praise. Um, at the very least, not looking for, Oh my gosh, you did a good job. And people tell me that and it's good. And I tell other people when they do a good job losing weight, it's, it's not one of those like self-sacrificing things of like, Oh, don't tell me I did a good job. Like, no, I, I mean, it's appreciated and it is good work and it feels good to be told good job on that stuff. But um, I've never really posted anything because it's like, dude, you're, you're back to normal. I, like, I think that's another problem with, with some weight loss as well. Uh, this is not a weight loss episode, but the other thing is somebody will lose 10, 20, 30 pounds and they look a lot different. And I think a lot of people give them a lot of praise for that, which they should. Um, they should, but I think people think that because they did that work that now they're for some reason good to coast. Um, and they've gotten all that praise and they think that they're above average now and really like like you're not like it takes a whole lot more work to get into an actual like above average specimen when it comes to health and fitness um there are still a lot of things that i cannot do cannot do a pull-up um i can do push-ups now that's nice i can't do like a real burpee um i have to keep my legs out it's my knees and stuff but um a lot of things that I can't do, I'm still not incredibly strong. And so it, to me, uh, number one, I don't want to feel like I'm finished. And number two, I don't want to like give off this impression that I think I'm something special. Um, I will, I'm more than willing to talk about the work, more than willing to uh, talk about discipline, because I think I have had to, you know, present or uh, display above average levels of work and discipline. But as far as the results go, to me, it's like, dude, you're, you're working for average. Like you, you worked to get back to average. And I know that's not always right. And a lot of people will say, shouldn't talk about yourself like that and learn how to accept a compliment. Very grateful for the compliments. And it was amazing. Um, and I only say that to say that I really did not expect like the reaction. Like I, I did not expect, um, all the people to like it, that liked it to like it. Um, just wasn't expecting that. And it absolutely blew me away. Uh, and so thank you for that. Um, moving on, uh, baby update, uh, everything's going really well. Haven't really had much to talk about lately. Uh, still kind of decorating the nursery. Uh, DLM will be full time at home starting way too soon, uh, for my wallet. Um, so <laughs> no, it's really good, but I just remembered that, uh, our last paycheck will be soon. So I've got a plan for that, but uh, she's starting, so she's going to be decorating the nursery and um, hanging around here uh, most of the day. Hopefully she gets out, takes some trips to Hobby Lobby, leaves her credit card at home type of thing, um, occupies her time, uh, goes and helps out maybe some of the other moms in the Sunday school group uh, so she doesn't go insane for a month, um, but she will be at home. So uh, that'll be really good. It's actually what we're going to talk about today, but uh, as far as a baby update goes, everything, everything's going well. Um, again, we, we are continued, we are continually blessed by people that bought us gifts that I, I, I didn't really 
it's not like I didn't think they were going to get us a gift or they weren't the type of people to give gifts. It's just people show up with gifts and you're like, oh, I, I can't, like you thought of us. That's, that's amazing. And thank you. Um, it's, it's been a, uh, a time full of blessings and, um, and being humbled by people's generosity and support. So, uh, that's kind of the point of the beginning of this, of this episode. So let's go ahead and get into the topic. I'm stalling a little bit because I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about it. I'm very passionate about the topic. Uh, and I think that my beliefs are right, uh, and true. Um, but it's a spicy topic. So, uh, I don't want to say anything wrong. Um, but that's the danger of saying anything at all is that occasionally you're going to say something wrong. Um, but it's been too relevant the past couple of weeks. I've had multiple interactions with a lot of people, uh, on this particular topic. And when, when I bring you guys an episode, I, I like to tell myself that I don't do this just to hear myself talk. I have my doubts. There's days where it's like, do you, do you really just, is this just therapy for you? Like, is the microphone therapy? I have my days when I think that. Um, and I would be lying if I said that it wasn't occasionally on some of those days, but I really want to try to bring value to you guys. I hope, I hope that that's displayed. Um, I hope that you can tell that I tried to bring value to you all, even though some of them aren't quite as planned. <laughs> um, I really do try to bring value. And to me, uh, if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know that a lot of value is, is from my end is telling you the truth that, that other people may not be willing to say. Um, or telling you the truth doesn't even really have to do with anything with other people, but telling you the things that I experience and just simply the truth that I think will benefit you. And this is one that, like I said, the past couple of weeks has been rare, like very, um, haven't been able to ignore it. I don't know if unignorable is a word, but, um, anyway, um, it hasn't been able to be ignored, uh, everybody's brought it up. Um, it's been in my mind for a while now, but, uh, I've had to discuss it multiple times and it's pretty, it's pertaining to marriage and having children and whatnot. And so, uh, I think it's a benefit and th that's going to be, uh, the stay at home mom. What I'm talking about is the stay at home mom, the homemaker. Um, I'm going to talk about women's place in the world. And I know you probably cringed when you heard that, but uh, everybody has a place in the world. I run a show called The Purpose Podcast. A purpose, a place, same, same. Um, I'm going to talk about women's place in 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 society, women's place in the workplace, women's place at home. Um, I want to discuss that, and I want to actually give you my thoughts on that and why I think certain things and the case that I'm going to make for some of those. Now, don't turn it off, okay? It's going to be nuanced. Um, for, despite popular belief, I actually have a very, very high opinion of women and I'm going to articulate that. Um, so don't turn it off. Continue to listen. Even if the words that I just used made you uncomfortable, continue to listen. Um, and if you think that I'm wrong, you're more than welcome to come on the podcast and talk about that because that'll give me some good content that I don't have to plan. So, <laughs> um, no, for real. Um, the the overarching idea here is that um i think women are are more drawn um for very good reason to um raise children and to uh make a house a home and i think it's more fulfilling to women uh, i think that 
men uh, as justice to women, that we should be very, very supportive of that, uh, that we should do everything that we can to make that a possibility for women. And I don't think that we should have to indulge the idea that um, that women's ambitions are uh, just the, the exact same as men's. I don't think that we should have to um, act like uh, men and women are the same with the same hopes and dreams and desires. Uh, I don't think we should have to act like that. And I think it's ludicrous to um, to tell men and women both uh, that that's the way it should be. I think it's it's ridiculous, and I don't think it's the truth. Um, as always, I'm going to give you kind of my references and people that I listen to. Uh, if you really want to hear somebody on this, uh, Jordan Peterson, most of you probably have. I'm not going to use statistics like he does. I, I, I hate, gosh, I hate statistics. I hate statistics. I'm going to make a logical argument based on the things that I've seen, the things that I've known, um, and the world around me. Um, and I am going to draw off of other people. So Michael Knowles is one that I'm a very big fan of. He's a Catholic. His wife's a stay-at-home mom. Surprise. Yeah. I mean, of course, I listen to him all the time. Of course, we're going to have some similar values. Uh, you could go and catch little bits and pieces of Michael Knowles talking about this. He doesn't exactly talk about it in the way that, I, that I'm going to today. Um, he, he may have, but um, if you listen to Michael Knowles long enough, you're probably going to hear a lot of these ideas expressed, uh, maybe not in, in the thoroughness that I'm about to express it, but um, the thing I like about Michael Knowles is he states them as if they're obvious. You know, I just did a lot of groveling, and I, I think I used that word correctly, uh, did a lot of explaining about the, the truth that I'm about to state. Uh, number one, that's because I don't have a large audience like Michael Knowles or a large corporation like the Daily Wire to kind of back my credibility. Nobody might be expecting that level of brashness, but uh, the thing I like about Michael is he just says it, and then he he very articulately defends it, and he, he kind of treats you like you're weird if you don't believe in that. Like, of course women want to be at home. Yeah, that's obvious, and he'll say that, and then he'll defend it. Um, I really like him for that, and so... But the the thing is, a lot of his are very, uh, his arguments for that are very, um, how do you say this, concise, uh, exactly as long as they need to be, which is not very long for him, because he just states it with authority, and then makes a really good argument. Um, I'm not Michael Knowles, but a lot of my opinions derive from him. Um, I will tell you when I get to this part, but uh, Daryl Cooper with Martyr Made, there's kind of a whole podcast. Uh, it's weirdly in, in like a series on the book of Job. Um that I'm not just a huge fan of the series, but there is a little portion in there where he talks about women and mothers um, that I think was really, really good. Uh, and so I'm going to be drawing from that. And then lastly, just uh, my own experiences. I don't know if I mentioned Jordan Peterson. I think I did. But let's let's go ahead and get into it. So um, the narrative, there's a couple narratives that you hear. Um, I'm going to try to nail them down, but the narratives change all the time, number one. Uh, but number two, um, I'm not in every circle in every corner of America. I can only observe society from my point of view uh, in Amarillo, Texas. I watch a lot of societal commentary. I'm probably more in tune with the way society is going on a truthful level than a lot of people just because I pay attention. Um, but uh, you may be sitting here and you may say, well, I don't see this at all in my community. Uh, number one, 
You probably do, and you're probably not looking hard enough. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably do. Uh, number two, evaluate your community, okay? Um, what kind of community do you live in, um, and have you looked at, looked at your community through this lens? Have you looked at your community and spent uh, enough time with the mindset of women want to be at home more, or uh, women's purpose is to make a house a home and raise children? Uh, have you spent enough time in that mindset and encountered people with that mindset to see what they really think about it? What I mean by that is, was that your opinion when you met all of these people that you're considering in your circle? Because if that wasn't your opinion, you probably didn't notice all the different ways that they don't agree with that or that they do agree with that or that it's counterintuitive to the way that they live. If you haven't been living in that mindset, um, like I have for years, um, you're probably not going to notice that. Um, and so I, I do get that a lot um, from one particular person. He knows who he is. He's probably going to text me, but um, he'll say, he'll say, bro, my community, uh, none of them are like that. And it's like, well, <laughs> you didn't think like this. You, you didn't think like this at all. And so your point of reference just for even meeting these people, uh, because you're not in this state of mind, because you don't have these uh, beliefs that like what I'm expressing, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but um, the reference for you interacting with these people, you can retroactively think about it and think about some of their actions, but it becomes so much more obvious when you're kind of living in this state of opinion or this state of fact. Uh, a good example I'll give you is is religion. Um, now that I go to church all the time and and read my Bible and, and whatnot and uh, understanding Christ more, it's very, very difficult to not see something through the lens of Christ. And so when you're looking around, you're like, oh my gosh, all of these people are without God and without Christ. Um, or, or look at all these people that are in accordance with it. Um, there was a guy at work today that I noticed he had a vest on that was with a church. And I knew that church existed before I had found Christ, before I started going to church. I knew it was a thing. Um, occasionally, I probably would have noticed it, but it meant something a little bit different now. I, I now viewed him a little bit different, you know. Uh, before Christ, I wouldn't have said, oh, it's just one of them Christians, but it would have just been like, oh, apparently he goes to church. But now it's like that person, when he expresses an opinion, because I am also constantly thinking through some sort of Christ lens, or I've got it on my brain regularly. Now, when he says something, I'm going to see him in a different light. It's the same way with these political opinions. And this is in one case why the argument of, well, around me, this is what it, what it seems like. Uh, it's not always the best argument. You should back it up with, with other logic like I'm going to do today, but you shouldn't expect people to instantly catch on to that. And you should expect a rebuttal, uh, just, just like I get, um, for example, I mean, I can give you a thousand different examples, but I say something like most of the people I know are fed up with the gender transition stuff. And that's because I think about it. Um, you express it in conversations, uh, you talk about it, you're in this mind of, of concerned about it. Um, now you don't stress about it all the time. It's, it's not every day you're, you're at your desk and you're like, man, I got to defeat these gender people. Like that's, that's not what it is, but, um, it's going on in society and you're paying attention. It's a matter of paying attention. And then somebody looks back at you and goes, well, none, nobody in my circle even, even knows or cares. Well, I guarantee you that they do. You're probably just not having the conversations. I mean, it's a, it's a national topic. I guarantee you that they have some opinion on it. Um, maybe you're not uh, passing enough kind of tongue-in-cheek jokes to see where they lie. You know, did they laugh pretty hard at that one? Did they not? Um, maybe you're not testing the waters to see what they actually think. Maybe you haven't. 
So you think that your community is completely different than mine, but your mindset has been completely different than mine for months, years even, if ever, has it ever been the same. So I say all that to say, when I'm drawing off of my community experience, before you wholly and completely reject that, number one, uh, consider the fact that you haven't been in my mindset for months. So try being in my mindset if you think it's a good mindset to have, or if you think it's even close. Uh, maybe you don't think it's a good mindset to have, but uh, hold all of your friends or, or all of the interactions that you have in reference to that mindset. Say, if I did think like Haas thought, how would I evaluate my community? How would I evaluate my friends? And see if it changes any. Um, number two, we do have different communities, okay? Um, you build the people around you. So maybe um, if you find that your community doesn't think anything like this, uh, let's say you agree with me, but you don't find it in your community very, very often and you think it's just not that big of a deal. Well, you're here listening to me talk about things that I think matter. And I'm thinking on things of a high, at, at a higher societal level, hopefully. Like I'm thinking on things of a, of a group level. I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. I'm not saying I'm special. I'm just saying that's what I'm doing. Um, I'm not just going day by day and person by person. Uh, I tend to think about things in some sort of sociological context, okay? Are the people around you doing that? Most of the people I know do that as well, okay? Whether they're right or left, most of the people I know, most of the people I actually have conversations with, um, most of the people I want to have conversations with uh, are like me in some sense. Um, and so when you talk about your group of friends, at the very least, I don't entertain somebody very long if they're not at least somewhat willing to have those sociological broader conversations. So think about your friend group. Um, it could be if you think your friends don't care about this subject or uh, don't agree at all or... Um, seem to not have this issue at all whatsoever, think about what your friends are thinking about. Do all of your friends just simply talk about sports? Uh, do all of, you know, the women friends that you know, um, what, is, what, is their, what do they think about? Do they think about any, any sort of politics, societal topics? Uh, are they religious whatsoever? Um, so before you just instantly shoot all my arguments down because that's your friend group and my friend group doesn't think like that, uh, consider other factors. Consider outside variables. How have you been thinking? What has your mindset been for years? Has it been anywhere similar to the one that I'm about to express? And uh, what are your friends thinking about? Um, so with all of that said, I hope that made sense. Let's get into it. So, oh, that's what I said. The the narrative now. Um, I, I think that the narrative, there are there are a lot of different narratives, but one thing that I have seen, even in my small towns that I live in, Podunk America, um, even on a broader context, there has been a very large push um, for dual income households and for women to quote unquote pull their weight or even be self self sufficient. You hear it; it's a meme um, to a certain extent. All quote unquote all stereotypes are true. Stereotypes do come from somewhere. You've heard about the stereotype of the strong independent woman. You've seen the meme of the strong independent woman that don't need no man, and then it's like her tires and they're like bald. You've seen these memes that a lot of people get offended at. Um, I think that's been the narrative for a while to varying different degrees. Um, I've seen women, especially my age, be pushed very hard to go to college. 
Um, you know, the people around me, my culture is still a very marriage forward culture. Uh, and I think that that a lot of times wins in the end because we are from small towns because, uh, a lot of our moms were either stay at home or moms are very, uh, into the family. I think it gets less and less. Um, but I think even the narrative, uh, where I'm from is that women should absolutely, uh, go have their career, reach for the highest highs, uh, in their career, be self-sufficient, uh, dual income household. You're leaving money on the table. If you don't, um, pushing, pushing, pushing hard for women to, uh, go into the workplace and to work and to do kind of the things that men do. Um, I think there is a, an initiative to put more women in roles that they haven't been in. I know, I, I know this for, I don't think I know it's, I know it's for a fact. I watched it happen at college. Okay. Um, I watched them beg women to come into the engineering school, offer them piles and piles of free cash of, of scholarships and say, if you will just please, dear God, assign your major uh, to an engineer who won't pay a dime and will make sure that you graduate. I am, try to tell me I'm lying on this, okay? I can find you dude after dude and woman after woman that I do know that went to the engineering school that will tell you the exact same thing, okay? I know this narrative is true. You're not going to tell me that it's not true. It's true. I can find it for you. They are pushing women hard to go into these groups, into these fields that are typically male-dominated. They are pushing women to do what men usually do. And they are selling it to us in this guise that for some reason women haven't been allowed to do that or male chauvinism has always put them down, said that they can't be engineers. Um, I don't think that's completely wrong. And I'll get to that here in a bit, okay? Uh, men have their time. Just just in case you are kind of on the rocks of, of finishing this episode, just in case you think I'm some kind of like sexist chauvinist pig, uh, men will get their men will get their lecture soon. Okay, I'm saving that for last so that that's the part that that you remember and that's the part that the men remember. Um, so men will get theirs, I promise. Um, but because I'm I'm big on ownership, and you should know this by now if you've listened to anything. I'm big on ownership, and men have a lot of ownership here. Hang with me. Open mind. Listen. Anyway, women have pushed very hard. Women themselves have pushed very hard for this. Women themselves, I think, have seen a lane into their greater ambitions by pushing for this. Um, Rightly so, in a lot of ways. Uh, Pushing for equality of opportunity, um, Title IX sports, voting rights, all of these things. Are, are good things that I think women have pushed through. Um, but like any, um, any group of people who uh, either are or have the, per, have the perception of being oppressed, uh, it can be used to their advantage, and bad actors will take that into their advantage. Um, and I think that a lot of women themselves have made this push. Uh, I think that women, there are a lot of women to blame for this push of we can do anything that men want to do. We should want to do what men want to do. We should want to be um, engineers and blue collar workers is not there yet. (laughs) They're not handing out just uh, a a wild amount of scholarships to go to welding school. They are, but they're not. Um, Not many women climbing wind towers yet, not like in the engineering building. Um, 
but they say we should want to do what men want to do. Women should want to be engineers because for some reason, women make better engineers. Who knows? Um, doesn't make any sense uh, to me anyway as to why it makes them any better at the point. I don't think it does. Um, I don't think it makes them really particularly any worse in too many ways, but um, I definitely don't think that's the factor. Um, but uh, women should want to be uh, these coaches, NFL coaches and college coaches and in the military. And um, I think a lot of women sell that to other women and they see this title of kind of oppression and the man's keeping you down uh, and trying to sell it to women and, and trying to force people to, again, give bukus of money to women in scholarships. I think that is the narrative and you're not going to convince me otherwise because I've seen it with my own eyes. It is the truth. Okay. You're not, you're not going to convince me otherwise. Um, I have seen this little, they have a scholarship group at college um, to where all the people that have this one special scholarship that are getting a bunch of money uh, for, for uh, to go to college and, um, it's, it's one little special group in the engineering building and they all get together like once a month, uh, to talk about their special little scholarships. And I'll tell you that out of a, out of like 30 or 40 people, maybe three of them look like me. Okay. That's where I'll leave it at. Um, maybe three of them are built like me and look like me. Uh, and if you look at the engineering school at a whole, uh, as a whole, most of them look like me. Okay. There is a disparity there. You're not going to tell me that there's not. Okay. I don't really care. I think we came out better on top anyway. Um, that's a discussion for a whole other time, but you're not going to convince me that this is not true, that this is not the narrative. I've seen it. I've watched it. I've been told by the people doing it, that this is exactly what they're doing. They've said, if a woman comes in here wanting to be a math teacher, we'll offer them scholarship dollars to be an engineer. They have said this. I know women that it happened to (laughs) women that wanted to come in for biology, geology, whatever it might be. Uh, sports and exercise science, and they said, hey, your math, at, you know, your ACT or your math scores were really high. Uh, how would you like to be an engineer for money? I know they're doing it. You're not going to convince me that they're not to, or that they're not. So I think this is a bad thing for women. I don't think that it is uh, what women actually want. I think women are being sold a bill of goods that they don't actually agree with, um, just like in many ways, by the way, all college kids are being sold a bill of goods that they don't actually want or agree with. To be fair, uh, it's not just women in engineering fields, but I think women are, are getting an extra batch of this um, to go and do things that men typically do. Um, that men a lot of times have to do, feel like they have to do. Um, women are being pushed in that direction. I don't think it's right. I don't think women actually want to do it. I think it makes women in the long run, if they buy into it, I think on mass, it makes women more miserable. Um, not, not in affect, but um, the effect of this is women become more miserable. I'm not saying it makes them more miserable to be around. I think it makes them truly more miserable in themselves um, when they get pushed into this narrative. And I think that women that don't buy into it or they get out of it are much, much happier with life. So why do I think that? Well, okay, so here's the narrative um, from the other side. Here's what people like me get accused of. Um, a lot of people say, so I'll go into this. I think I, I, So I, I had this written last on my notes. I think I'll say it first. Um, I have this column called what, what I am saying. Um, 
these are the things that I am trying to articulate because I may not be very good at this. Definitely probably not as good as I think I, as I think I am. So I'm going to make it very simple. What I am trying to say, number one, women are special and incredibly valuable. I believe that. Okay. And I'll, I'll wrap these up again at the end to cover my thoughts on them. But women are special and incredibly valuable. I am saying that. Um, number two, their purpose is great and honorable. So I'm going to articulate to you why I think their purpose is different than this narrative of of um, being anywhere close to um, anywhere close to having the same purpose as men. I don't think that women have the same purpose to men. I think that their purpose is still very great and very honorable. Um, number three. Uh, I think women's work ethic is incredible, and that's where I was about to go. But I do think that, and and I mean this, I'd say this in sincerity, um, women work very hard. Their work ethic is incredible. Uh, it's very good, okay? Um, and then um, men should be humbled and gracious for their wives' service to the family. I think that's very true. And again, men will get their hour. Um, what I am not saying that I'm not saying that women cannot work like men. It's not what I'm about. I'm not about to feed you some BS on the fact that, like women can't be engineers and women don't do very good at engineering. Um, or women just aren't made to work like men. Women can't weld. Some of those things on mass are, are kind of true. That's not what I'm saying here today. Um, if you want some of that, go to Jordan Peterson. I mean, it doesn't take, a brilliant mind to know that women sometimes are not as strong as men except that I, I I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah, if you can't accept that, I'd leave. Um, but anyway, that's not what I'm going to articulate. I'm not going to articulate any sort of women are not suited for these positions. Not what I'm going to do. I'm at least I'm going to try not to. Um, I'm not saying that women shouldn't have ambitions. That's not what I'm saying at all. I think that it is very important for women to have ambitions. We're going to talk about the context in which I believe those ambitions should be. Um, we're going to talk about what a right, good, and true ambition looks like for a woman. Uh, I'm not saying that women shouldn't make money. It's not what I'm saying. I'm going to lay out a, a... I'm going to give you my opinion for the time and place of women making money. I'm going to give you my opinion for how women should probably make money. I'm not saying that they shouldn't. It's not at all what I'm saying. Uh, and then I'm not saying that women shouldn't know how to be self-sufficient. I'm not saying that women should be beholden to men. And if they don't find a husband, then um, they shouldn't know how to fend for themselves. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. Talked about what I am saying and what I'm not saying. So uh, one of these things that uh, I said in here is I think it was women. Uh, the women shouldn't have uh, ambitions. That's what I'm not saying. Uh, here's, here's the deal. You have in general, good people and bad people, whether they are men and, or women. Okay. Good people and bad people. You have selfish people. You have self-righteous people. You have arrogant people. You have people of all types. Okay. Good and bad, both men and women. What I want to do is I want to try to create, I want to try to demonstrate the fact that I think that a lot of the women's problems today, um, the, or at least the problem that I'm talking about, 
I think a lot of it is pushed um, by just generally bad people. I don't think it makes them women. Or I, I, don't, I don't think it's women that makes their uh, narrative and their agenda bad. I think it's because they're bad people. I can talk about a million ways to where I think that bad men are doing bad things for men. What I'm trying to say is that I think that bad women are also doing bad things for women. I think that bad men are doing bad things for women. Um, very important here. It's it, it it's honestly, it's incredibly important. Okay, uh, let's talk about the trait selfishness. I think selfishness expresses its ways, um, differently in men and women. I really think it does. Um, and I think a lot of that result, and I'll articulate this, uh, is like selfishness in men and women is to blame for this issue explain that but it's not the women that i have a problem with it's not the women that really want to do good i think good women are amazing i think good people are amazing i think that bad actors are selling women a bill of goods that is that is untrue so again good people and bad people on both sides um one thing that is important here is about li- it's about living a life of service uh, and not in selfishness. So, if you wanted to get down to this issue, a lot of people will again try to articulate that um, they're trying to destroy the difference between men and women, and that's that's an angle. It's a I think it's a valid angle, um, but I think it's rather a result, uh, not or maybe a symptom. I don't think it's really the disease. Um, they'll you'll you'll hear right right wing podcast host or conservative podcast host say uh the reason that they're trying to push women to get into these male dominated fields is because they're trying to destroy the difference versus uh, of men versus women and they'll go into the trans thing i i think that that's true i think that that happens the more that you push women to do this the more that um it does appear that you're trying to negate that difference you're saying i don't think that that i think that men and women aren't different i think that they can do exactly the same things that men and women aren't built different um and I think that's an angle, but I think the, the overarching, uh, the, maybe not even the overarching, but the more active, the more active, uh, nefarious, um, motive here is selfishness over service, um, selfishness over service. People that live a life of service have better lives. That's a fact. Okay. Um, there is a gradation of service. When I say gradation, a hierarchy, if you'll call it, of good service. You should serve God. Okay? You should accept Christ, serve Christ, serve God. Number one, people that do that will live better lives than people that serve themselves as God. If you want to listen to more of this, Michael Knowles, uh, actually Forrest Cooper from Redacted talks a lot about this. Um, you're either serving God, serving somebody that's not God, or you're serving yourself as God. But people that live lives of service to God have better lives. Doesn't matter where they work. Doesn't matter if they're an engineer. Doesn't matter if they're male or female. Doesn't matter if they're a welder. Okay. Doesn't matter if they live their life in service to God. They are going to be happier. They are going to have better lives. If they live life in service to their spouse, which would be next, their husband or their wife, 
you are going to have a better life. I don't know if there's any simpler way that I can put that. Man or woman, engineer or not, welder or not, if you live your life in service to your husband and your wife, God first and then your husband and your wife, you will live a better life. You will be happier. Okay? Fact. If you live life in service to your family unit, okay, you will live a better life. <laughs> you will, if you serve your kids, first your God, then your husband and your wife, and then your kids. If you live your life in service to these things, you will have a better life. Next is going to be your community, okay? Um, live life in service of your community, you get what I'm saying. Man or woman, engineer or welder, doesn't matter. If you live your life in service, you will be a better person. Um, you will be happier, okay? So what, is, what does that look like? I think service, um, when it comes down to it, I think men and women are different. And I think that service looks different in men and women. And the way that men and women are built and like to serve are different. Um, I think that um, men and women are called to serve in different ways. And I think they're designed to, to serve in different ways. I don't, I don't exactly know how to map this. Uh, I don't exactly know um, every step of where I'm going. But uh, I think it's, it's time to bring up... Uh, Daryl Cooper with Martyr Maid. Um, I think, I, I I think so. Um, well, let's let's talk about selfish. What selfishness looks like in both men and women, and how it relates to the to the issue at hand. The the opposite of living your life in service uh, is living a life of selfishness or serving a false god. That's also a really bad deal. Um, service in God is the only way that you end up happy. Um, sorry, but. Uh, and maybe not even happy, but the only way that you end up good or true, whatever religious word you'd like to put in there. Um, so the alternative to living a life of service is selfishness, um, or serving some sort of false God, which is ultimately selfishness. Um, that manifests itself in our problem, um, with, ambitions that that are self-centered for both men and women okay um i think that selfish women who want to get to the top and who want to see themselves glorified uh and who want to make a lot of money so that they can buy nice things i think that they are selling the bill of goods that i mentioned at the beginning of the episode they are telling women hey these men are keeping you down hey uh, you should aspire to get to the C-suite and be a CEO, uh, and women can do it better. We should be here. Um, women have the same qualities as men. Uh, we will give you extra money to do this. I think that those are selfish women um, for the majority of the time. Either selfish or maybe ignorant, but um, I think that a lot of times they are selfish, the ones that are pushing that narrative. I think that uh, selfish men push this narrative as well. I think that selfish married men, uh, not even just married men, but selfish men in the workplace push this narrative. I think men that want to make a lot more money, um, a lot of times I think that they hire women. Uh, this is, I said I wouldn't mention statistics, but uh, the the pay gap is, is real. I would never deny that the pay gap's not real. Um, I think that selfish men 
in the workplace have also helped push this. They say, hey, look, uh, these women that I'm hiring, they're very eager to get to the top. Um, they work incredibly hard. <laughs> they, they do. Um, and it's a smarter decision for me to hire these women. Uh, maybe they'll take less money, which, again, is a fact. You can disagree with me all you want. I've worked with a lot of women. There are statistics on this. Go listen to Jordan Peterson, but women are much more willing to accept a lower salary uh, than men to do the same job. I have seen this in action. Uh, now, I'll caveat this when I, when I talk about women's work ethic here in a sec. Um, I actually have a lot of respect for the women that I know in the workplace, believe it or not. Um, but in, by and large, they are much more willing to accept less money. I, I, this is, again, a fact. You will not convince me otherwise. I have seen it time and time again. Um, so I think selfish men um, are, are at the root of this. I think that, you know, being allowed into, not even being allowed, but being encouraged to join in, in uh, corporate workplaces uh, has to do with selfish men. After all, why wouldn't they hire the good-looking secretary and, and keep her around? Why wouldn't they hire the, the good-looking lady um, to come and be in the office? You think I'm lying? You must not have worked in corporate America long enough. You, you, <laughs> you must have no effing clue. Um <laughs> You must not know if you think I'm lying. Uh, why wouldn't they have, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, the hot mom running around um, their office? They would, and they could pay her less to do it. Uh, selfish men are to blame for this as well. Um, I think the key root is selfishness. I think that women that live a life of service would much rather dedicate that service to their family unit. They would much rather dedicate that service to their God and then their husband. Um, I think that, uh, that manifests itself differently for men and women. So let's talk about the women that I know in the workplace. Um, I, I will say that I have said this to multiple people and I believe it. The women that I know in the workplace are generally better at their jobs, uh, than the men. I, th I think it, how do I put this? Um, I think that the top high performers, like the highest of the highs, if you look at like a, I guess you could call it a Pareto distribution. I think that the average woman that is an engineer or that is uh, whatever you might, a project manager, whatever it might be, the average woman I think is far better than the average man, like like leaps and bounds better. Uh, I still think that that in general, the best of the best of the best are typically men because they're a little bit they're still a little bit more willing to uh, break themselves and work 80, 90 hour weeks. Um, to, to get it done. And I think, I just think that men are sometimes built for it. I think that when it comes down to it, um, that these selfish men that I've talked about, which I've seen a lot of them, um, I think that, uh, they don't always give the women that they're due, um, when they're in their workplace. I think that they would rather keep the women where they're at. I, I actually do think, I do think that's true. Um, I, I think that these, especially these selfish men, even if a woman does come in and work really, really hard and is willing to accept less, I think that it's it's a form of control that they would still rather keep the women kind of in, in the bottom rung. Um, unless, of course, it looks good on them. If they're taking diversity metrics, then they'll elevate any woman um, because it serves their interest. Um, so I think that what happens a lot of times is that you'll see women who work very, very hard at their job. They're better than 
70, 90, 80, 90% of their coworkers, uh, and they still don't get the promotions. They still don't do those things because these selfish men, um, actually tend to have a little bit more respect for men, if not a lot, a bit more respect for men. Um, I don't think it's fair at all. Again, the women that I know have been very good at their jobs. I've worked with quite a few women who blew me out of the water in terms of actually doing the job, um, in terms of customer satisfaction of saying, this is exactly what you want. I'm going to give you exactly what you want. Uh, A lot of people have this notion that women on general in general they have the stereotype that women are just very argumentative um i find that not to be the case especially when they're hired new Uh, when women come into a job that they don't know uh i find men much more willing to challenge the new people uh versus the women who are willing to just accept it and and do the job the way that they're told to do the job um i find that very true and it works out good and bad for them sometimes. Uh, sometimes that's a lot of extra stress on them because they don't push back and it's it's, it's not good. Um, I, I've seen women break down over that um, because they haven't pushed back enough, uh, which is a problem. But also, on the other hand, I've seen them, um, I've seen them be very uh, appreciated and desired by maybe not supervisors or way higher ups or. Uh, kind of arrogant male coworkers or even other women coworkers that are intimidated, but I have seen them be very respected by a lot of their coworkers because they are willing to just shut up, get the job done, uh, and do it the way that they're being told to do it. Uh, and that makes them very, very good, uh, at doing their jobs. And again, I have a lot of respect for women. Um, and especially in the workplace. Uh, <laughs> I mean that in all sincerity, uh, any one of them, that I've worked with has been really awesome. Uh, most of them, um, most men that I've worked with have been pretty good too. Just kind of law of averages, I guess. Um, some women are catty and gossipy. Some men are arrogant and ridiculous. You get the idea, but, uh, I have a very favorable, favorable view of a lot of women that I've worked with. Their work ethic is insane. Uh, it, it really is. Um, their willingness to, uh, put in the work and especially, um, I don't think a lot of times, like I said, I think, uh, men a lot of times will outwork in just general time. Um, they will outwork the women sometimes, um, like the top man, I think will outwork the top woman in most organizations, but women on average, their work ethic is much stronger than the average man. I mean, their willingness to go above and beyond for their customer, much stronger. Um, where was I at? Uh, we were talking about selfishness and, and service. Um, oh, and, and I think that service looks different. Uh, and for all of those reasons, um, I think that women are better at doing service. Uh, I, you may think that that sounds bad. I just told you my high opinion of serving. Um, I just told you that I think that it's all built on service. I think that men are called to live lives of service. I think that that comes easier to women. I think that it does. Now, I'm not going to try to give you any half-hearted explanations for that, um, but I think women, it comes much easier to women. I think that when you see that in religious circles, almost everybody I know, um, everybody I know says, look, uh, my, you know, maybe I was the one that brought her to church, but the moment that I brought her to church, she lives in service much better than I do. 
um, or uh, a lot of men, their wife truly serves them much better than what they, they serve their wife. Um, I think it comes a lot more naturally to women to give up part of themselves for the people around them. And I think that is a very good thing. I cannot tell you. Um, there, there is a difference in somebody saying, I think women were designed to serve men. Um, that's not what I'm saying. That, that's a very negative connotation. It sounds dirty even saying it um, because of what the connotation of serve means. Um, in the positive light, I think women were designed to serve in general. I think women were, we're all designed to serve God. For some reason, I think women do it better. Um, we're all designed to serve our husbands and our wives. For some reason, I think women pick it up a lot easier. Um, so when we are living lives of service, which I have already articulated is a much better life to live a life of service, I think women pick that up a lot easier. It's, it's given all of the positive things that I just said about women in the workplace. Uh, the reason that they are more willing to just do what they're told um, when they come into an organization, which is a very good quality, um, is because they would rather serve their customer. They would rather serve their their boss, whereas men um, prefer to do things their own way. Um, that looks different. So when you follow this hierarchy of service, God, then your husband and your wife and your family unit, I think where when it gets to the husband and the wife is where I start to see the discrepancies with the workplace because um, I think that you can have a job. I think that you can be an employee and you can live a very, very good life living a life of service, um, man or woman. I think that that looks different for men and women. Um, I think that if, if a woman dedicates her life to a life of service, uh, maybe she never ends up having a husband, never ends up with a family, but she is dedicated to serving her God and serving her community, serving the people around her, she will live a very happy and good life. And she can work in the corporate world. She can be an engineer. Doesn't matter. She will live a very, very good life. I think where it starts to break down for women in the workplace is when you go to that second tier, that husband and the wife, and then the family unit. When those two start getting introduced, I think it is very, very clear that this level of service for women looks different. Um, this is, I am going to bring in martyr made at this point. Um, and, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to directly quote him. I didn't listen to this before this episode. Cause I didn't know that I was going to talk about it. Didn't make the decision, but he was talking about old, old statues and basically kind of the origin of the mother, um, and, and what mothers mean to their societies. Um, but looking at it through kind of like this historical lens, and he had made the comment that's always stuck with me that um, women's purpose is written on their bodies, that women, just because of the way that they are physically, they know who they are. They know their purpose. It is written on them. Their body displays their purpose much greater than a man's ever could. Uh, and he was talking about old statues, old drawings of women and men, and how the women we're always naked. You've seen these things. Um, you've seen old Egyptian drawings or whatever it might be, um, old statues. And like the women, for some reason, their breasts are always out. <laughs> like they're always there. Um, and a lot of people would say, oh, those old people, they were just, you know, really horny or something. Um, he actually thinks it's very, very different. Uh, when you look at the context of a lot of these statues that were made, uh, they're in the context of purpose or uh, when they're, you know, these are pagans. So what do we really think about them? I don't know, but 
uh, it's in the context of their gods. These are these are revered people, uh, and a lot of times, especially in pagans, pagan cultures, gods serve some sort of purpose. Um, the the moon god or the the ocean god or whatever whatever the hell it might be. Um, so when you've got his point is, um, these male figures that they're drawing always have like clothes on. They're always holding some sort of tool. They're always doing some sort of thing in the statue. They're always doing something. Um, as if it has to accompany them. As if them simply being is not enough. Whereas the women, they're always holding a breast or um, they've got their legs spread wide to reveal um, the inner workings, as I'll call them. Um it is written on the women's body. It is implied that when you have a similar drawing of a man, he must have a tool. He must be clothed. He must be doing something in order for you to understand the purpose of this man. This woman, there is no question. Okay. You see a nice pair of breasts on a statue and the inner workings. And it's very obvious that because the, you know, the breasts are so unproportionately large and there's so much attention being drawn to the inner workings that the purpose of this woman is to raise children, or at the very least, to have children, okay? Um, this is the idea, that women can look at their bodies, they can follow their natural life process, and they will be revealed their purpose um, just by being them, okay? Their, their purpose is written on their bodies. It is not the same case for men. Um, it is not the same case for men. Once we're done with that, we're done. I mean, I mean, we are, we're not, but we are. Um, it feels like when it, when it comes to the raising of children, the only thing that's on our bodies is this lustful desire that gets written into every man to do the thing, uh, the tool to do the thing and the satisfaction that comes after doing the activity. That's the only thing that's intrinsic in men. There is no other utility. Um, it's men literally the purpose that's written on their bodies, um, is for, you know, women's purpose of written on their bodies. It stretches out a long, long time. I mean, how, I mean, I don't know how many months kids are supposed to breastfeed, but you've got at the very least nine months of pregnancy and then what, like a year of breastfeeding or something like that. Um, six months at least it's, it's written on their bodies for a long, long time. And then they do it again for men. It's like. I don't know about you, I don't know about you, but, you know, 30 seconds of a good time is is what men, that's what they get from their bodies, that's what they're told of their purpose as it relates to um, the continuing of society, 30 seconds of a great time and then shame afterwards, <laughs> like, it's, that's what men are given, um, it's very, to me, when he puts it this way, it's very obvious that men are called to do more outside of the family than what men that what than what women are. We have to in order to find that purpose. You know, at the very least, it should be God. Um, but outside of God in your family, uh, what else is there? Um, and somebody has to provide for the family, the women and the children, especially for those nine, six months, whatever it might be, a year and a half. They're especially vulnerable in that amount of time. Well, what else are we? What else are we good for, <laughs> other than protecting? Um, other than providing, they've got to eat. Okay. Um, 
if you don't agree, I don't, I don't know what to tell you if you don't agree. I'm trying to like offer some sort of consolation for those that don't agree. It's so obvious. I mean, it, it just is. Um, so when it comes to that level of service and when people are searching for, I am called to this service, I know that I need to serve. What does that look like for me? I do believe that not only on the physical, but the metaphysical to use that word way outside of my way of way outside of my realm of expertise, but the physical and the metaphysical, I think women are called to the family to a much higher degree. They are called to be inside the home to the family to a much higher degree. It's written on their bodies. It's written in their psyche um, because of their, their willingness to give up themselves for this infant. Okay. Their willingness to put their body and their mind through rigor and torture for this helpless being. It's written on, on every one of them. Okay. Um, it is, it is written there, uh, and it cannot be erased. I don't believe it can. And so when it comes to this question of a life of service, um, and do you do that at the widget factory or the cube field, or do you do it at home for your child? I think it is intrinsic to women to look at that home and that child and say, I would rather be doing that. Um, I very much think that is true. Um, it, it's very, I, I, I hate that I have to spend, we're at an hour and one minute. I hate to have, that I have to spend an hour and one minute uh, explaining what Michael Knowles just says in truth. And I think that goes to the narrative. Um, the, the fact that I feel like I have to over explain myself to, to something that is so incredibly obvious. Uh, I think that speaks to, to how much this narrative, this narrative has been shunned in our society. Um, so let's, let's move on a little bit. Uh, you know, men built to work outside the home. Uh, women know how to work. Um, yeah. So, uh, women, women work hard. Uh, women work very hard. And if you want to talk about some of the history of why women are being called into the, the widget factory, as Michael Knowles likes to call it, um, making whatever, and the cube field, as I'll call it, he says the widget factory, I'll say the cube field. Uh, the reason that women are called to the cube field now, um, if you want to look at some of that history, I think that a lot of it has to do with selfish men in the workplace. I talked about the selfish men in the workplace and, and why I think they're uh, to blame. The selfish men at home. I have had these thoughts where it's like, well, if my wife makes this amount of money, I can buy more stuff. I mean, pretty plain and simple. Two plus two equals four, and then four goes into the bank account, and then you can spend three on pocket knives and keep a dollar. <laughs> um, whereas if it was only two, you can't spend three on pocket knives. You can spend two on expenses, and that's it. Um, I think that that's very true. Uh, I think that the ease of making a home has uh, created more... Um, I guess, opportunity uh, for women to leave the home. Uh, for example, like washing machines and dishwashers and all of these things that, believe it or not, they do have to be done in a household. And if you don't have these appliances, uh, what are you going to do? You have to do it by hand. It takes more time. Think about the 1800s. I, you know, I think when it, when it gets back to there, I think it was a very obvious decision of like literally me pound for pound uh, because I'm going to have to go do manual labor. I'm just worth more financially to uh, 
to Mr. Moneybags down the street running the uh, the cube field, uh, let's, let's say the actual field back in the 1800s, I can pull the plow faster than you can. He's going to pay me more. There is work that needs to be done at home. So, but he's got to do it. Like, what do you, I mean, we can't both go work um, and then come home, uh, you know, work 10 hours a day and then come home and, and it's not just like running a load in the dishwasher or running a load in the washing machine or a lot of times people had their own animals. Um, there were things that needed to be done. There was cooking that needed to be done. Okay. You're not stopping by at the McDonald's to grab dinner for everybody. Um, you can laugh. You can think that I'm an asshole. It's a fact. The, the people had to be fed. Their clothes had to be washed. They had to be fixed. The dishes had to be washed. Okay. The house had to be cleaned. Um, I think that a lot of this convenience, uh, number one, aided to the narrative that women could actually leave the home. Not a bad thing. I have all of those appliances here. Would not want to live without them. But it also encouraged men to say, well, now that you ain't got no laundry to wash or now that the laundry, you can set it and forget it. Um, I think that there was a heavy dose of, of men that instead of having more kids, which I think a lot of people did, um, they said, why don't you go make a dollar that I can spend? Huh? That sounds good to me. Um, I think that a lot of men uh, did see that their hardworking women um, wanted to work. You know, I know a lot of men that um, just wanted their, their wives to be happy and uh, maybe their wives were used to working and, the, and their wives thought that they could be of use outside the home. So they just said, okay, I don't, ha- I don't disagree with that. Um, but I also think that there's a bit of selfishness too, of instead of letting their wives do something that they're actually passionate about, they said, well, sure, go work for, if you're going to do something that's not, you know, homemaking, uh, sitting at home and being bored. If you're going to do something, stop spending my money. Uh, don't get some stupid hobby and go work at school or the hospital or go be a secretary uh, and make some actual money. Why don't you, woman? So that I can sp- so that I can spend it. Um, I think the selfish men did that. Your wife doesn't want to sit at home bored, bored out of your mind or bored out of her mind for eight hours a day. You don't want to give her any more kids to occupy her time. Uh, you don't want to let her spend your money on a hobby or a passion or getting together with other women. Um, well, yeah. Um, what you're going to do is you're going to say, okay, go make a dollar so that I can spend it. Selfish men will do these things. Um, I have had these thoughts. I've been the selfish man. Um, this comes to my next point. I, I have a lot of respect for working women for multiple reasons. Uh, almost every matriarch, I guess you could call them in my family, uh, has been a working woman. Uh, a lot of them have, either completely held up the family for a period of time or the family would have been doing very, very badly had they not been working. Um, I mean, literally grandma's aunts, uh, even my mom, my own mom. Um, there was a point in time where my uh, dad caught a really bad break in the oil and gas. And if my mom had to been working, I think they would have got it figured out, but it was, it was not good. Um, and so a lot of times she was the one buying food because oil and gas is rough. That's how it goes. Um, not to disparage anybody, especially not my dad tried very hard. Um, but if she hadn't been working, we might not know where we would have eaten. So, um, I have a lot of respect for working women. I really do. And I mean that, um, it taught me a lot about, uh, 
buckling down and just doing what needs to be done, not only in my family's experience, but uh, ever, you know, a lot of working women that, that I've seen. Uh, my grandmother, I, I, you know, I don't know if anybody wants me talking about these things. I don't really care. Um, my grandmother put my grandpa, I think they had some savings. I don't, I don't know the full details of it. Uh, but I know that my grandmother worked very hard, uh, while my grandpa went back through college. So after they got the kids out of the house, he wanted to do a different career and whether it's exaggeration or not, they talked about how little money they had, um, while he was going through college and my grandma worked as a nurse through that whole time. Uh, my other grandma was a nurse, uh, serving serving veterans in the VA, um, had a passion for it. I have respect for working women and where I think women excel in the workforce and where I actually do think we need women in the workforce. I think women have a place in the workforce. Um, it's in a place of passion, uh, passion and service. I think that I've already discussed this. Women are better at jobs of, uh, or at serving others. Uh, in a, in a very, I cannot stress this in such a good way in such a a good and wholesome way that is so easily taken advantage of and corrupted by piece of shit men and women um i think women are better at service and i think where we do need them is in these fields of service and when they're passionate about it i think this is when it does women and society good is when they do enter the workforce when their service is directed in the workforce and not at the home um when it's something that they're passionate about and when it is a a service filled career um, you know, a lot of jokes have been made about women doctors. Uh, <laughs> I, I make plenty of jokes about women in general. Um, they're funny. I make jokes about a lot of things and a lot of people. Uh, but many of jokes have been, have been told about women doctors. Like, you know, you walk in for your surgery and it's a woman doctor and you start picking out your, your headstone. Um, I don't know that there's really any truth to that. I'll tell you this, that as far as the medical industry goes, um, I'm much more fond of a lot of the nurse practitioners that I've ever dealt with than the doctors. I think male doctors are wildly, wildly arrogant. And that's coming from an engineer. Dear God. <laughs> um, a lot of male doctors are wildly arrogant. I think they are there in a lot of, in a lot of ways to serve themselves. Not all of them. Um, I think it makes them very, very good at what they do. Uh, I think that, um, Men, a lot of male male doctors take pride in being the best. Uh, I think that women doctors really, really want to serve their patients a lot of times. Uh, not all the time. I'm speaking in 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 uh, you know generalities or or however you say that. Speaking in broad terms about broad groups of people. Um, but I think that women, when I meet women doctors or women nurse practitioners or women nurses. Uh, I think a lot of times they are there to serve. And I think that makes a better doctor in the medical industry where you have to, your people are there in need of service, truly in need of service. Um, I think that women do better at that. At the very least, they have much better bedside manner. I mean, much better, much better. And I think that a lot of them, because they want to serve their patients so much and so well, I think that a lot of them do make uh, better medical decisions. Um, in, in some scenarios, uh, we we can talk about all the different stereotypes, trauma surgeon, where we care less about service and more about, uh, buckling down and getting it done. Maybe you put them in, in that, you know, paramedics, whatever it might be. Uh, but 
uh, general service oriented uh, medical positions, 100% women are so much better and they should be, they should be paid a lot of money for it. Um, teachers, that is a life of service. I cannot tell you um, how much that is a life of service. We can talk about whether they're overpaid or not in a different episode where I'll get stoned afterwards. Um, as in people throwing stones at me, not as in uh, the Haitian oregano as a, uh, as a, uh, as Michael Knowles likes to call it, or the devil's lettuce. Um, anyway, uh, what was I saying? What did I say? Oh, teach. Oh yeah. Overpaying teachers. Uh, I think women make much better teachers bar none. Um, I think women make very, very good teachers, especially of children. I think women make better, better social workers, uh, bar none. They should get paid more as social workers. Um, we should stop giving all the money to people who don't deserve it and give it to the women who want to work with children in social work fields. My wife is one of those. Um, I know other women who are those. Um, I think that working women, in they have a place in our workforce. Uh, I think that that place is a very good place. It's a very honorable place. Uh, I think that it is places of service and uh, not places where it's it's rough and tumble ambition, and if you don't get yours, it's not going to be worth as much. You know, in the in 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 the cube field, to be honest with you, uh, to be straight up honest with you, you you need to live a life of service. You need to live a life of service to your God, your fan, your your wife, and your family. Uh, and you need to go in there um, with a mindset that you are serving them, not your employer. You should be willing to serve your customer as a as a as a very good employee myself. Customer satisfaction is key. Client success. Um, I am there to serve my customer. But if you think that that comes anywhere before my God, my family, or my wife, my God, my wife, my family, um, you're out of your mind. Um, you're absolutely out of your mind. And that comes with a lot of uh, not serving your employer a lot. That comes with a lot of arguing about what you're worth for your salary. That comes with a lot of being rough and tumble and playing the game and uh, you know, covering your butt and sometimes having to, you should never throw anybody under the bus. You should take ownership of your problems and, and express leadership, but having to cover your butt, um, and having to be competitive to a certain, to a certain extent, um, do all things within the lens of, of Jocko's leadership strategy and tactics, but you should serve your family and, and all of that first. Um, these other service oriented fields, uh, where it's more about the person that you're serving directly. I think that's why women are so much better than that because they're just better at service. They just are. Uh, and those passions should be honored. Um, you know, women that uh, go back into the workforce after they have kids or something like that. Uh, I don't think it's a requirement. Uh, and we'll talk about men's responsibility later. But uh, I think that women who, let's say, go get a nursing degree uh, come out to to raise a kid or raise a lot of kids, maybe even get their kids through high school and then go back um, and do continuing eds or, uh, you know, bebop around uh, as a school nurse or maybe they work PRN through the through the life of, of, of raising their kids to keep their continuing eds up and, and to keep relevance um, on their resume. Uh, I think those women are, are honorable. Um, those women that continue that life or teachers, you know, women that raise kids and, and teach at the same time or do social work. I think that is incredibly honorable. And I have 
Not a single problem with that. Not a single issue with that. And I think it makes sense to me. Um, so we've talked about how women know how to work. We've talked about how, why I think that, um, homemaking was probably much more obvious back in the day because of the work involved. Um, I want to talk about what it looks like, um, what it looks like when your wife stays at home. Now, my wife isn't at home yet. We've talked about this. Um, but what I envision for my wife being at home what I see other men doing for their wives being at home and what that looks like for both man and woman. Um, number one, I think that it is important to give your wife uh, and make sure that your wife has a community of support of not only other women, um, but of other families, other people with kids around her. This is why you should go to church. Um, can't believe I'm, Stating that, I, I can't believe it, but um, go to church, okay? There are plenty of, of women with kids and doing the stay-at-home mom thing uh, at, at your local church. There are a large amount of them. Get your wife plugged into that community. Encourage your wife to, to have those friends. Um, and make sure that when she is staying at home with the child, make sure it's not a death sentence of depression for, for postpartum. both my wife and I are very, very concerned about postpartum and we're going to do everything that we can to, to stop that, uh, make it enjoyable through friends and through opportunity for your wife to, to share that experience with other people. Um, let your wife know that she's honored. Okay. Um, you know, probably one of my worst failures, uh, as a husband, and to be fair, I was young. Um, to, to be fair to myself, I was I was young. Um, I was very very ambitious. Um, I pushed my wife pretty hard to get through college and her college program. And when she had to to quit that program, uh, she thought that she had had failed me. As in, like I was not happy with her at that point in time. Uh, you should do your best as a man to number one accept this. Uh, if, if you've listened to this far. I think you need to process this and accept it as true uh, and understand that your wife is probably better made to live a life of service to her family, her God, to you. Um, It does go the other way. Um, Just wait. Uh, We'll talk about the men's responsibilities. Told you three times now. Um, You should accept that and you should be willing to accept the challenges that come with that. And you should acknowledge that worth to your wife. It is worth so much when you look at the broader context of things i don't care if you can afford a nicer car if your wife goes and work and works i don't care if you can afford three extra pocket knives uh, a month i don't i don't care if you can afford the guns and the things and the trips and all of that stuff when it comes to raising the next generation when it comes to propagating society uh, when it comes to serving your god your wife your family and your community um it is worth so much more to have a wife dedicated to being at home, pouring love into your children, making your house a home. Acknowledge that it is worth that. Acknowledge that you are going to have to do things to make that happen. Reinforce her in that. Make her, let her know it's okay if that's what you want to do. We will make it work. And maybe maybe it's not exactly possible. Maybe she's going to have to pick up a part-time job. Maybe she's going to have to, like I said, go PRN, nursing. Uh, maybe she's going to, maybe the position that you're in, uh, maybe your wife's already pregnant and you don't make the kind of money that 
uh, somebody not to hype myself up, but somebody like I, it's really easy for me to say this making, um, you know, the money that I do. It's easy for me to sit here and say this because it's a lot easier for me to afford it than somebody that's making fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year. Um, I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that your wife might have to work. Let her know that you appreciate what she's doing for her family, that you understand that her she is so worthy of being a not a, a single. I do this all. I say sing. I say single mom instead of stay at home mom. Um, let her know that she's worthy of being a stay-at-home mom, that it's honorable and that you're going to do everything you can to get her in that position and that you appreciate the sacrifice of her giving up um, that time with her kids, giving up that ability to make her house a home uh, and to, to go have coffee early in the morning with her friends and walk the baby around the park. Let her know that you're appreciative of her giving that up so that we can make something financially work and bust your ass to if that's what she wants to do and fulfill her purpose, uh, bust your ass to financially be able to do that for her. Um, but let her know that it's okay. I pushed my wife very hard uh, when it came to college and said, "You, sh- you know, if you're going to do it, you do it." And uh, talked all, you know, all the time about all the great things that I thought we could do with the money. Um, and she felt like she had failed me. Um, it, it hurts to say, <laughs> um, knowing what I know now. Uh, now I'm much. I, I have to I have to reinforce my wife or reinforce my wife against the society telling her that it's okay that she didn't complete college telling her that it's okay that she doesn't have this grand career path that she doesn't have to be a nurse she doesn't have to have all these great aspirations with a four year degree and go work in the cube field um that it's okay that my that my paycheck uh pays for all the things at the house I have to reinforce her in that because society is telling her for some reason that it's not um, be doing that. It's some, it's a place that I failed at. And that, uh, luckily it was music to my wife's ears when I, when I w- wised up and, and admitted these things and, and spoke these things as truth. Um, you should be doing that and you should let your wife know that it's okay and that you're going to do everything you can to make it happen. Reinforce her, uh, to embrace her motherhood and the purpose that's written on her body. Um, you should support your wife's ambitions if she doesn't want to do this. Um, and you should talk about roles and responsibilities, uh, of having children and what the house and the home looks like if she doesn't want to do this. If your wife does have those ambitions, let's say your wife is good at working in the cube field. Let's say your wife, um, really enjoys working at the cube field. She sees it as a passion of service. Um, you should at the very least have the conversation and still let her know that you think that her worth, um, that she's worth more as a mother. And that even though she likes to do that, uh, you think that she, that her worth is, is very valuable as a mother. And you should talk about, uh, the importance of her being around as a mother, um, and, and work that out. Um, this goes for man and woman, but if you're going to have children, probably don't need to be working 80 hours a week. Some people do it and some people have to no, not discounting that. Um, but maybe both of you don't really need to do that. Maybe your children don't need to be at daycare, um, or with somebody else for the majority of their, of their early life. So talk about that. Um, talk about ways that she can continue that career path and have kids and pour more into her kids. Um, explore these, these ideas, um, and talk about that, but still support your wife's ambition. Um, support your wife's ambition. 
So I think that's kind of um, as far as the support that you need to give your wife uh, for this. Let her know that it's okay. Be willing to defend her her response. Uh, treat her. Uh, we make. I make jokes. It's it's well known that I make jokes. My wife honestly loves the jokes because she feels like she's the only woman in the world that will laugh at them. Uh, and they're just, they're not good jokes. They're just jokes. Like, um, they'll say, you know, um, I don't even, I don't even know, um, a joke like, oh man, yeah, uh, my dishwasher's not running too well. And they're like, oh, why is that? Well, it's a 98 model. Well, my wife was born in 90. I just called my wife a dishwasher. Hardy har har. It's actually funny. Um, it is funny. Get a good laugh out of it. Um, or, uh, yeah, she better be at home making me a sandwich. I'm about to get there after a couple of drinks. Well, what's going to happen is I'm going to go home and I'm going to make my own damn sandwich because I'm the cook in the house. It's, it's a joke. Okay. It's a joke. Get over it. Um, I do the dishes a lot. Okay. <laughs> People don't know this uh, fact, fact, absolute fact. The only apron in the house is worn by me. It's the only apron that exists. It's my cooking apron, my barbecue apron. I wear it anytime that I cook, anytime that I do the dishes. This is a fact. My wife doesn't have an apron for dishes. Um, they are jokes. But make sure your wife knows that you appreciate those things. Make sure your wife knows that those things are valuable. I don't know what I would do if my wife wasn't doing the dishes 70% of the time at, to my 30. I don't know what I would do. Um, it sucks when she's sick or when she hasn't been around or... Uh, she's been super busy, and now instead of getting in there and cooking an hour-long meal, uh, I have to wash the dishes first. It sucks. It sucks. Let your wife know that these things matter. Um, let your wife know that it's not solely on her. Just, just like um, dealing with the finances or uh, whatever it might, she might have to fix her own car at some point, or whatever you might see as the the male dominant thing to do, or discipline the children. Just as you know that it may have to fall 30% on her to do your typical responsibilities, make sure that you're pulling and letting her know that, hey, if the dishes aren't done, I'm going to do them, and I'm going to be happy about it. If the laundry's not done, I'm going to do them, and I'm going to be happy about it. If the chores aren't done, I'm going to do them, and I'm going to be happy about it. Um, give your wife that support. I think that's that's all I've I've got in that realm. Let's get to the men. As far as how are they to blame and kind of a call to action. I, I, well, I've talked a lot about kind of how men are to blame, um, but uh, this is kind of a call to ownership for men. Um, you know, I, I expressed to my wife that um, that it's going to be difficult, and with her here, uh, you know, she's like, well, how am I really adding that much value? Like, even if, even if the babysitter, you know, let's say we only pay $10,000 less than my salary for the babysitter per year, how am I really adding that much value here? And the reason is she's going to allow me to make more money. Um, she really is, especially, um, if my, my own business gets up and going, I make three times the amount on my own business is what I make at work. And I make a lot of money at work, um, per hour. I make three times the amount doing my own thing. Um, if you're my employer and you're listening to this, it is far from getting off the ground. So don't be scared. Um, but, uh, regardless, any, any hour that I can spend doing my own thing is worth three times the amount that I spend doing 40 hours a week. Um, 
So uh, she's going to allow me to make more money and to bring in more money from 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 outside. Uh, it's going to relieve stress on my end, having a clean house and a clean home when I do walk in. Uh, it's going to give me confidence that my children are going to be raised in a way that I appreciate. Um, and I'll just send to daycare. If you have to send your kids to daycare, it's fine. Find a Christian daycare. I don't know what to tell you. But I have much more confidence, at least, that they're not, um, you know, getting taught gender theory at the daycare at the age of two. Um, I know they're with my wife. And uh, they may not be getting taught math <laughs> or the alphabet. <laughs> um, but they're at least, they're at the very least not getting taught gender theory. I know that. <laughs> um, I'll have to take some time off. Uh, yeah, if you are my employer... Uh, expect plenty of PTO requests to, for math lessons for my children because I've got to do that. Um, but I know what they're being taught. Um, I know that they're being treated well. Um, here's what you you also have to do. You have to hold your wife to a standard. It, I know that sounds scary, but you do. Um, you have to say, look, if you're going to be at home, if you're going to be at home uh, all day, I understand being a mom is difficult and it's not always fun, but, uh, dishes need to be done. Chick, sorry. Uh, you may have to cook some meals occasionally. Shocker. Uh, if I'm going to work until seven or eight o'clock, uh, or if I'm going to work until four and then go hit the gym and then go work on the business or go read a book or spend time with the ki- with you and the kids, spend time with you and the kids. I can't spend the time doing the dishes or the cooking. Uh, why don't you do those at noon instead of uh, doing them right before dinner and then yelling and screaming because they're not done or getting angry at the kids and, and all of this nonsense or getting mad at me for not having them done. Why don't we make our standard that you do them during the day? Ow. Instead of, you know, sit around and watch uh, survivor 24 seven and, and yell at the children. Um, just being a stay-at-home mom doesn't have enough value. Just saying that you are one, hold your wife to some sort of standard of being one. Um, give her a good example of holding your own standards uh, outside of work. We're not going to stop at the happy hour every night and grab a beer before we go home. If we have time, we're going to go home and we're going to get things done. If we have time, we're going to put in extra work and get some overtime. If we have time, we're going to go to the gym and keep our bodies clean, just like your house is going to keep her house, just like your wife is going to keep the house clean. Um, allow your, your wife ample time outside of the house. Um, work four tens and give her Friday to go do what she needs to do. Okay, Push your employer for four tens. Push your employer for that time. And let your wife go go out to the house. You know, one of, I'll throw this nod to uh, my buddy Chase Christie. One of the things that I really appreciate about him and who knows uh, a lot of people bring their kids to the gym and I, I don't mind it. Um, it's actually a lot better than it used to be. I think in a lot of cases it's better than bringing the dogs to the gym, but I'm not here to make enemies. I'm here to make friends. Um, not that you're my enemy if you bring a dog to the gym, but um, one, one thing that I like about uh, Chase and his wife, Corey uh, with yes, Okay, um, Chase and his wife, Corey, uh, they switch off and one day she'll come and he'll watch the kid 
Uh, it actually, I don't know, maybe it's just the days that I'm not there. Maybe it is one for one, but it seems like uh, it's one day Corey and then two days Chase because maybe Chase likes to work out more. I don't know. I don't know what their exact split is. Uh, Chase, don't don't burn me over this, but um, they switch off and Chase allows his wife to come and do CrossFit. Uh, Chase could very easily, he's a dude, he could say, no, my homies work out at 420. I got to go do the 420 class. Like, oh, got to go back. I call it the gladiator corner where everybody's got their shirts off and they're all ripped as shit. Um, I got to go do the gladiator corner. You're not, you're not going to come work out. No, they, they switch off. Um, get home early so that you, your wife can go work out. Um, you work out, put that example in front of her. Um, hold your wife to still some sort of standard. Okay. Don't enable your wife to be lazy and be a sloth and, and all of these things. That's not good. Okay. That's not a life of service. Let, let me put it this way. You still need to demand from your wife, the standard of a life of service, and you need to give that. Okay. You need to demand it and you need to give it, whether she's working at the widget factory or at home, you need to demand a life of service and you need to hold that standard. Uh, last little point. I think I'll say, because we're at a, we're at an hour and a half and my voice is getting hoarse uh, and it's already nine o'clock and I've got to be up at four in the morning uh, and I got about five hours of sleep last night. So what was me? Womp womp. But um, anyway, uh, you still have to live a life of service. Your wife is not at home to serve you. That's not what's happening here. She is, but she isn't. Okay. Your wife is at home to serve her God, hopefully. Uh, your wife is at home to serve you. Uh, your wife is at home to serve her kids. She's there to serve you. She's not there to service you. I don't know if there's a difference. The, the difference is not. It sounds like a sexual difference. It's not how I mean it. Um, she's not there to be a servant. There's no way around using this word. I guess slave. I don't know. Um, she's not there to just do as you wish. Okay. She's not there to uh, come at your every beck and call. I know a guy that, um, his wife stayed home, uh, forever and I won't out him. Um, it, I, I don't even know if he's still alive to be honest with you. Um, but I was told, uh, and who knows if this is real, but, uh, when he got home after working in a long day, his wife was at home all the time and, uh, he only let her go out, uh, in the middle of the day once and for, two hours at a time because he didn't trust her driving, which is just funny as shit. Actually. Um, <laughs> she was only allowed to go out at 1 PM because that's when he thought that, uh, there were less cars on the road. <laughs> um, it, 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 it's just, it, it's just funny. It's not right, but it's funny. Um, <laughs> cause that's something I would say jokingly to my wife. Um, like, yeah, but you've got to be home by three. Cause that's when school pickup is. And, and dear God, um, anyway, uh, she did get a good, like she got to spend money. Um, he didn't put a cap on her money is what I was told that she could go and spend money from the hours of one to two thirty. Um, <laughs> it's just so funny to think about, um, that he, and this is real, which is why I'm laughing is because it really happened. He gave his wife a time slot that she could go out, which I mean, just Chad move, I guess, but, um, and they were older. So it's, it's understandable. He didn't want her out at night on it, uh, as well, but anyway, he got home. Uh, the person that told me this said he watched it happen multiple times, uh, cause he lived with him. I think that could be wrong, but he would sit down on the couch. He would kick his feet up, uh, and kid you not, his wife would come 
untie his boots, take his boots off every single day. She would either have dinner hot or be making dinner. She would serve it to him in his chair. Uh, they wouldn't talk just a whole lot um, from what he said. It wasn't like he was rude or abusive or anything like that, at least not from the stories that he told me. But, um, And this man didn't do anything around the house except for maybe on Sundays when something needed fixing. But for all of his evening, he was in that chair watching his show, eating dinner. His wife would, uh, a lot of times what he said, like, change him or, you know, like, uh, she would go and, you know, help take his shirt off and all of these things, like full, like service mode. Again, not in any sort of sexual contents, but, um, a woman, I need my shirt to take it off. And she would take the shirt off so that he could go shower. Like that's, that's how this was. Um, I don't think it's the way it should be. I think that, um, you should come home looking to serve your wife. Uh, just as much as your wife should be looking to serve you. I think that the woman part of that equation uh, was very good. I think that she is an amazing wife. Um, I think that that's the kind of level of service you should be prepared to give to your significant other. Uh, I think that he, from the sounds of it, took advantage of that and was not a very good husband, from what it sounds like. Maybe they had an arrangement that worked. Uh, Anyway, um, side note, but that's not what it should look like. You should come home looking to serve your wife you should come home saying what can i do for you today honey and maybe that's just listening to her maybe that's handling something with the kids or playing with the kids we've talked about all of this um you need to serve your money making your job um your gym you need to live the life of service and that service means enabling your wife to actually fulfill her purpose I think women have been robbed by both men and women to not fulfill their purpose, uh, their true purpose of of being mothers and raising children. Um, you should understand that your purpose is a, as a father before an employee. I talked about this. I talked about this when I talked about the cube field and what it took to work in the cube field. Your purpose is as a father, as well as a son of God in Christ, uh, and then as a husband, that's your next purpose, hopefully. Um, or at the very least, that's your next hierarchy of service. Um, and then it's your husband, and then it's to your children. And then somewhere down the line, that comes to providing finances to them. I, you know, I told another a lady that I was talking to, um, very nice lady. Uh, she's quite funny. Uh, I enjoy uh, the time that I've, I've gotten to interact with her. But um, she... I was telling her that I don't think that it's, it's not that women can't provide financially. It's not that it's, it's not a priority. It's not that it's not in their capabilities. I just think it's farther down the list than men. I think that in terms of, of how you can serve your family for women financially, it's like number 10 or 12 in valuable ways that they can serve their family for men. It's like number four or five, um, just because of the necessity and because they're, I think better at it. Um, so understand that you should be doing everything you can to allow your wife to fulfill her purpose. Um, that means tightening up your finances. Speaking to myself, I wish there was a mirror here. Wish it was there. Um, that means tightening up your fucking your effing finances. Um, that means uh, making more money. Okay. Um, I know it's hard. You've got to make better use of the money that you're getting. 
but that's why you should push push to make more money you should build something build revenue streams you should bring in more money it, it shouldn't be the end all be all of your existence god husband god wife um family but next you should financially support that you should live every day in service of that and you should say hey look my purpose of going and getting these dollars is so that my wife can fulfill her purpose and so that my kids um so that my kids uh have the things that they need so that we can all be fed um and you should be willing to get out of your comfort zone and push and make more money to do that you should work harder at your job okay you should build something you should earn earn the certifications that you need to earn to make more money um a lot of men do this already but i think in my generation definitely without the sense of urgency that i seem to have and not patting myself on the back but and guys um a lot of you do and a lot of you don't um that i know you should make more money to do that uh lastly you should lead through this and what that looks like is like we talked about establishing a standard um making sure that your wife is not alone in doing the laundry and the dishes making sure that your wife has the tools and abilities uh, and the know-how to handle those kids. Making sure that she's around other experienced mothers. We talked about the church. We talked about uh, getting her in, in those groups. Making sure that she has the tools and abilities to actually do the job that you're asking her to do. Um, make sure that she has the resources to do that. You should live in service. And if this is your wife's purpose, um, you should help her fulfill that by living a life of service. I think that's, I think that's all I've got. Um, I think I'm done with this topic. Um, let's see. Let's go back to what I am saying and what I'm not saying. What I am saying, women are special and incredibly valuable. Don't know how I can state that any better. Um, let maybe I can state the importance of bringing new life into the world. Um, did I have a part in that? Sure. I, I had a very short part in that. Um, it was exhilarating. Uh, it was it was amazing. But um, to watch my wife's belly get bigger and bigger, and uh, there's something, there's a he, she, it, uh, a zeer, um, little uh, genderless child, Schrodinger's gender, uh, inside of my wife growing. Um, and she will birth it and then feed it and then grow it um, until it can play football, and then it'll be in my realm um, to feed it and grow it. Um, that, that's a subtle hint that if we have a girl, we're giving it back. Uh, <laughs> um, kidding, until it can play football or maybe softball. Um, gross, but um, anyway... Uh, <laughs> Until you do those things, she's, she's going to grow and she's going to birth. She's bringing new life into the world. Okay. And her purpose is centered around that. She's making a house and a home for that new wife or for that new life to grow in. Um, she is giving up herself in order. She's literally sacrificing herself. Okay. Um, I promise you that my wife would not have just willingly and happily put on um, 20 extra pounds to have this child. She's doing it for the child. Um, she would not walk around hurting all day if it weren't for the child. 
Okay, she wouldn't voluntarily do that. She's very happy about it right now, by the way. Very happy with herself. Um, and it's because she's bringing new life into the world. She's willing to give herself up to bring new life into the world and willing to give up her career aspirations, all the extra money. She's going to trust me with leadership in that money and trust that I'm going to provide in order to bring new life in the world. That is, as I said, very special and incredibly valuable. Okay, If you think I'm kidding and if you think I'm not serious, I don't, I don't know what I have to do to convince you. Um, yes, I make jokes about how women are bad at driving and they ought to stay in the kitchen. Those are jokes. If you don't know the difference in what I'm saying and the jokes that I'm saying, you're too dense to be my friend. Sorry. Uh, I'm not sorry, but it is what it is. Um, their purpose is great and honorable. I just said that. Um, it's very great and very honorable. Um, raising up the next generation. You know, a lot of men are concerned with their great and honorable legacy. You, you've heard this. Um, surely you've heard this from many, many people. Um, many such cases, you ask men, um, you know, what are you very concerned about? It's, I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave a legacy behind. Um, I want to leave a legacy. And, and uh, a lot of ignorant some bitches, they think, oh, well, I've got to do that through my Instagram following. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just funny to say. Um, and, and to be fair, there are a lot of men that have left a legacy behind uh, in politics or in being great war fighters and uh, a legacy of, of sports. Um, it'll be forgotten. Okay. There will come a time where it'll be forgotten. Um, maybe not. Maybe you truly do leave that big of a legacy. But it's not going to be in your social media following. I can promise you that. Um, eventually, Ford Motor Company will probably be forgotten. Um, they won't understand. Nobody will understand. Like, it, it, you know, um, what's the spice company? I even forget it now. Uh, the one that transported all the spices. It was just legendary. The British Tea Company or whatever it was. Um, that nobody, I can't remember their name now. I don't care if you build this massive, big, mega corporation. Okay. That it's not going to last. It's not going to last brothers. It's not going to your legacy is your children. Your legacy is what you pass on. Okay. At the very least, if you're not able to have children, your legacy is the people that you affected around you. Your legacy is the real, real people who will pass on your name. Um, but if you're truly concerned about leaving a legacy that is great and honorable. That's in your children. We're talking about your wife doing these things for your children. Even if you want to have this great and honorable legacy, your wife is going to be a key instrument in that because it's going to go through your, your children, um, your bloodline, uh, the way you set your bloodline up for success and the way you teach them. So their purpose is great and honorable. I think so. Um, women's work ethic is incredible. Uh, never once will I say that it's easy work being at the house. I don't I don't think that's true for a minute. I think it's going to take a lot of work. Um, I think it's become easy work because men are too scared to hold their wives to a standard for some reason. Uh, maybe because women uh, don't like being held to a standard sometimes and we're told that it's not fair to hold them to a standard. Um, I promise you uh, that the standard that we hold in the Rauscher household uh, the work will not be easy for my wife. It won't. Um, I will be working very, very hard outside the home uh, to make her life easier and easier. Uh, I expect her to work very, very hard inside the home 
to make my life and the kids' life uh, easier and easier and better and better. So uh, women's work ethic is incredible. I think that's true. Um, I think that's true. And I think that we're going to hold that standard. Um, and that work ethic is there for a reason because it's not easy work maintaining a house and a home. Um, men should be humbled and gracious for their wives' service to the family. That goes back to kind of the legacy thing. Um, I am very grateful and humbled at the fact that my wife is willing to give up so much of herself that I don't know that I would be able to, uh, for this ungrateful, uh, and selfish little being that we're going to have, uh, here in March. So, um, I'm humbled by it and very, very gracious. Uh, you know, again, jokes will be made, but, um, jokes will be made, but the most offended I've ever gotten at it is when people suggest that my wife didn't do enough going through college or that my wife, uh, that the value in staying home is, is somehow lesser, uh, than going and working in the cube field and, you know, fraternizing, fraternizing with her boss, uh, in order to get an extra 50 cents on the pay raise. That's where I do get a little irritated. Um, yeah, very gracious, uh, and very, very humbled by my wife doing what she's doing. Um, what I'm not saying is women can't work like men. I'm not saying that they can't do that. It's not what I'm saying at all. Articulated their place uh, that I think that they have, um, that they're very valuable uh, inside society, uh, doing jobs and occupations and careers. Uh, women shouldn't have ambitions. I don't think that at all. Uh, maybe I didn't touch on the ambition part of it. Um, this isn't a show for women, but um, I think that women, uh, their ambitions can be wrapped up in the family. I, th I think that they absolutely can. I think that my wife has very large ambitions for what our family looks like and the house that she's able to upkeep and the things that I'm able to build with her support. Um, I think that her ambition routes through me quite a bit. Um, and I think that's okay. I think that, you know, my wife looks at me as a leader and says, my ambition is to make sure that he has all the tools to build these great things that he likes to talk about. And I'm going to do everything that I can. And I'm going to strive uh, to build him the best house and the best home so that he can go and do those things. Um, I think that women, if they have ambitions of service, uh, they should do that. Um, I would never keep a woman from uh, ambition. That's why, you know, when I see my wife pursuing, when I see how um, into providing for this kid that she was and making the nursery right and doing all the, the right things the right way, um, I pretty much gave her no financial restrictions. Um, even though we don't really have just a lot of cash, um, we do, but we don't, um, and we were very, very blessed. Uh, not once have I told my wife that's a little bit too expensive to buy for the baby. Uh, I have told her if we don't get it gifted, we may look at Facebook marketplace first. Um, we're going to be smart. We're not going to blow our money. Um, but I've let my wife be as ambitious as she wants with the nursery, with all of these things, because, uh, I believe that she should be able to have ambitions. And to be honest with you, um, people of service, and if you're a leader, uh, the people, your followers, they're going to do a better job if they're ambitious about what they're doing. Um, uh, I'm not saying women shouldn't make money. I understand that there are times to where they need to make money. Um, I understand that there are times to where it's necessary and where it is advantageous. If your wife can pick up three days PRN, uh, as a nurse and pull home, you know, $60,000 a year doing three days PRN, do it. Um, that's just smart. 
especially if you've got a flexible job. Um, you know, I know people, let me, let me work this out for you. Um, I know people who, uh, work what they call a C, a C shift where it's 12 hours. Um, it's 12 hours, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they only work 40 or they only work 36, but because it's 12, 12 and 12, um, they get paid overtime, uh, throughout the day and it makes up for those last four hours. So they work C shift. Well, that's three days out of the week. Let's say your wife is a nurse or she has a part-time job working um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, okay? Um, or um, or let's say uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Well, you get a sitter for Friday. You've now got Monday and Tuesday. Uh, you've got a whole week off. She's got almost the whole week off, and you've got Monday and Tuesday together. Do you, do you see what I'm saying here? There are ways to work the system in ways that women can make money that I think is perfectly acceptable, and you can do all of these things within that. Not saying women shouldn't make money. It's not what I'm saying at all. And another thing I didn't hit on. Um, oh man, am I at two hours yet? I'm not. Okay. Um, also, this life of service, you should equip your wife to have to have these hobbies and be prepared when the kids go to school to financially support something that uh, she's going to want to do and want to pursue. Uh, hopefully, it's within some sort of service, but. Um, you know, for that, uh, you know, my mom, it was, it was photography, um, you know, doing the, the photography stuff, uh, for DL and I, I don't know what it'll be. Maybe she'll go back to doing some of the social work stuff. Uh, my hope is to have the money to allow her to kind of do her own thing, um, to maybe help her do a seed for a charity or, 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 or something to where she's not kind of subject to a lot of the BS that she had to deal with at work. But, um, you should be prepared to also support your wife's hobbies without just sending her back to the cube field in the widget factory, um, to, to, you know, serve other men. Um, it's just, if she doesn't want to do that, you should be more than willing. Your wife has served her time for her family. Um, you should be more than willing to, um, help her and, and build her some sort of, uh, time occupier for that. Something that she wants to do, uh, some sort of goal, some sort of ambition, when the front load, when the front loaded piece of, of having the kids is taken off and they go to school, uh, you should, you should be willing, if she wants to homeschool, you should be willing to homeschool. Um, you know, not always, I believe in small public schools, but you get what I'm saying. Um, you should be prepared. Uh, you should be prepared to, uh, what is it? What is it? Uh, there's the meme where it's like, uh, you know, high powered, uh, high powered oil field husband. Um, wife who runs a negative cash flow business for tax breaks, you know, negative cash flow boutique. Yeah. Um, actually I know a woman who runs a pretty successful boutique. It sounds like she makes a lot of money. I also know a lot of boutiques that there is no way in hell that they're positive cash flow, not a single way, um, that they actually make money at that place. Um, at all. It's purely a hobby because exactly what, what I said happened. They were a stay at home mom. Um, they didn't finish college. They, they got done with motherhood, sent their kids off to school. Uh, didn't, they were going to have to enter the career field at an entry level. Uh, and so instead they started up a boutique and their husbands made a lot of money and they're able to negative cash flow it. And it's a, a tax write off for their farm, whatever, whatever the hell, um, be prepared to do that and be more than willing to do that. Be more than willing to sacrifice your own selfish desires, uh, for her to have that. Uh, lastly, what I'm not saying is that, uh, women shouldn't know how to be self-sufficient. I can promise you this. If I have a daughter, uh, my daughter will be able to take care of herself. 
Um, I can assure you that. Uh, my daughter will be prepared to take care of herself. Um, but she will not be told that it's a must. And she will be told the joys and the beauties of being a stay-at-home mom and being a good wife um, and serving her God and her husband and her family. Uh, she will be very prepared uh, to make her own money if she need. Um, you know, I'll be a lot more willing probably uh, to help my daughters out um, than my sons to uh, help them have a little bit of breathing room to find a husband or uh, do the things that they need to do, pursue maybe a lesser income service of, of passion, um, be a lot more willing to do that. Uh, but she will be able to be self-sufficient if it is a girl. No doubt about that. Um, you're doing your daughters a, dis a disservice if they're not. Um, that's how they fall into uh, abusive relationships and get trapped into marriages that are very, very bad for them, is if you don't teach them um, at some level how to be self-sufficient and how to um, value themselves as uh, an equal to their husband um, and to value themselves as a mother and a, and a homemaker. Um, so women should be self-sufficient, uh, be capable of being. Actually, I'm going to modify my terms here. Uh, women shouldn't be self-sufficient. They should be capable of it. Uh, men should not be self-sufficient. Uh, nobody is self-sufficient. You're not sufficient without uh, Christ and the Holy Spirit. But um, men shouldn't be completely self-sufficient. Uh, men should have, they should rely on and trust their wives to take care of things at home uh, and, to, and to serve them. Um, you shouldn't be focused on being self-sufficient, but you should be prepared to be. Um, you should be prepared to be. Uh, that's all I've got. I think guys, um, we're at the 157, uh, last little note, uh, just to get us to the two hour mark, uh, make sure that your wife is set and make sure that it's secure, you know, in, in the world we live in with the economy ups and downs, uh, with, you know, deaths and car accidents and all of these things, uh, make sure that your wife again has a good community around her. Uh, I, shout out to my boys, but, um, shout out to my friends around me, but I I do have a life insurance policy that would pay off the majority. I don't I don't even think it would pay off the whole mortgage of the house. I think it would pay off the majority of the house. Um, I think we might have some sort of like accidental death at work. I don't know. I don't like insurance. Um, I have no doubt. I have absolutely no doubt that out of all of my friends, that DLN would be very very well taken care of if I were to die. Um get a good community around your wife. Um, now I don't think they would float her forever. Um, she's going to have to figure out how to make her own money and, and, and these things. Um, but between my family and my friends, I have absolutely no doubt that my wife would eat, uh, that my wife would, um, have gas in her car, uh, and would not have to worry about, uh, mortgage and, and the electric bill. Um, especially, especially until she either, God forbid, you know, found a new husband, all of these things that it's not fun to think about. But um, thank you if you're listening to that and you're one of those guys that I consider to be in my circle. Um, you know, there's no point in listing names. You you know who you are. Um, but I know they wouldn't let her go hungry. Um, and I hope that they would willingly offer their uh, their their financial services as as I would um, to, to theirs. So um, their kids and their wives would 
if I had a dollar left, um, we'd be buying McChickens and they would be eating at the very least. So, um, give your wife a good, uh, make sure that she's secure with her community around her and, and get some life insurance and, uh, don't do stupid things. Don't push so hard to make more money that you lose every job that you've ever had. Uh, don't, don't end up destitute. Uh, be smart and make sure that you can provide. So guys, that's all I've got. We're at a minute 59 and there's the two hour mark or one hour, 59 minutes. Um, two hour mark is right there. And, uh, Guys, I really appreciate it. Uh, this has been a hard topic to discuss. It's one that I think needed to be discussed. Um, that's why I'm doing it. That's why I spent so long talking about it. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Send this to your friends, please. This is probably, I, I honestly want to say this is probably the, the best, and, and I don't know about best, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I think this is one of the most important uh, podcasts that I've done. Uh, this is something that um, is very important in our society and that I think has gone very wrong with society. Uh, and it needs to be said, it needs to be said. And at the very least, men should be called to action, uh, to understand their wives and where they're at on this issue, uh, and to give their wives the security and the assurance to know that if this is where they're at, at the very least, we can talk about all the philosophical, um, metaphysical, uh, pondering questions of if the, this is the right purpose for women. Um, that's all secondary. If you're, if your wife thinks this is their purpose, um, at the very least, this is a call to action to make it happen, to not be selfish and to um, put your ass on the line every single day to make sure that if this is what she wants to do, she can do that call to action. Um, so thanks, everybody. Tune in uh, on Sunday to uh, the Purpose Podcast, where I try to help men find and fulfill their purpose that is not written on their bodies like women. Um, we discuss a lot of different things. Um, I think next will probably be, I don't know, some business, maybe some food tracking. Uh, anyway, guys, thank you for listening and I'll see y'all later. Thanks.